Welcome to Get Well Sooner, a podcast where we take a skeptical look at the things that we bring into our lives to make us well. Things being uh, products, services, um, religions, uh, and today specifically it is, uh, we're talking about Mormonism with my friend Paul. Um it's always so nice to talk to him. He's just like a human hug. He's a hug, but he's a person. I just want to mention that um, I forgot to use my re- press play on my recording program. So the first part I am talk is just a Skype recording of me um, for the first twenty minutes. So the sound quality is not awesome. Anyways, let's do it. I feel like I should have made a cup of coffee. I'm a little sleepy, but also. And also, then you would be drinking talking coffee. About. I mean, I could if you want that as a background sound. <laughs> yeah, like one of those really nice, fancy podcasts that have podcast. like, yeah. Uh, I mean, you I'm, you totally can. Oh, maybe I will. Let's go make some illegal substances. Yes. <laughs> illegal to Mormons. Okay. Yeah. Are you just going to start? Are we already? Is this the show? I mean, this might also, this might be the show. This might be in the show. Who knows? I don't know. Do you have like, what kind of coffee machine do you have? I just have a pour over. It's pretty simple. Oh, yeah, right. A pour over. Because like, I've worked in coffee shops for so long. So I'm technically like up on all of the (sighs) jargon and such you don't the though. fancy ones a lot of them do pour overs now oh yeah yeah when i worked at nelson the seagull we just did pour overs and let me tell you that is way more stressful than like just having the coffee there and just literally pouring it like just literally pouring it out of the giant thing uh, every time i would do a pour over i would be like okay i know i'm supposed to count yeah <laughs> i'm not as i try to you know, wait for the water to cool mm-hmm. a little bit and everything. And you can get the all the things to do it properly. But I'm just like, as long as it tastes half decent. Yeah. And I did get to go to my new favorite coffee shop over here today. So that was fun. What is that? It's called the Italian Bakery. It's an Italian bakery. And mm. they have a nice espresso set up. And uh, not too far from my office. So we don't have coffee in the office because there's like barely any people in the office. Okay. I thought you were going to say because there's Mormons in the office. (laughs) We have some decaf coffee that apparently has been there for like four or five years. And I drink that some afternoons. But if I want caffeine, I have to go for a walk. Did you ever drink decaf coffee? Is that not allowed? Decaf coffee? Here's the thing. I, the rule in Mormonism is just coffee, but you can drink like Coca-Cola despite some people don't. But that's not actually in the rules. Right. It's not caffeine. It's coffee. So, so tea I remember and tea and tea uh, among some other things. Right. But uh, 
I had a, I had a companion on my mission, which is what you call your, you get matched up with one other, usually one other person. Mm-hmm. And that's, you're with them 24 seven, you're not allowed to leave their side, but he was telling me his grandma drinks, uh, decaffeinated coffee and I was like well that's not okay and he got really mad at me for saying like his grandma was a sinner or whatever I was like I'm not your grandma can drink coffee if she wants but like if we're getting down to the nitty-gritty like you're drinking a coca-cola why would you think removing the caffeine from coffee would make it okay like logically it doesn't make any sense but he was mad because his family that's the thing the more you get in Mormonism, you realize like every individual has their own interpretation of Mormonism. It's never quite the same with everybody, even if they think they're the extreme, full, right. you know, follow the rules. People, right. But. And I heard something about like, and maybe you told me this, I don't know who, but um, like in Utah, because so many people don't drink, there's just such a huge, like there's so many people drink pop, like so much pop. There are like drive-through soda shops that have like, think those like movie theater 40 flavor pop machines or whatever, where you can get, you know, all these different and you can mix them and people mix in like heavy cream and things into their pop. I mean, cool. I mean, I remember going to like In-N-Out Burger when I was down in California, visiting Mm -hmm. family a couple of times and they'll do like a Dr. Pepper milkshake. So I imagine, you know, it's kind of like that where like they're using the pop syrup with the ice cream to flavor yeah, it right i mean yeah, i wouldn't no. i wouldn't want to do it but it's not as gross as maybe it sounds initially but yeah. sorry you're getting some asmr here as i grind my beans because i'm it's great snobby i make fresh coffee every time nice well that's i get that even as a person who doesn't drink very much coffee even though i like the flavor but uh i can't do the caffeine um but I do like really love the smell of like freshly ground coffee. That I is can smell it smell. right now. It's sounds great. sounds great. <laughs> smell sounds great. Ugh. Yeah, that's so wild. And like, yes, I always was so confused about the Coca Cola thing because it's like, how? What? <laughs> I know that everybody in uh, everyone at Brigham Young University drinks Coca-Cola. So I was always so confused by that. I thought it was like a weird hypocritical thing, but it sounds like it's not. Sounds like it's totally fine. Fun fact about Brigham Young University, until very recently, they refused to sell any caffeinated soft drinks. Um, So you could get Coke on campus, but it was all caffeine-free or diet caffeine-free, like the gold gold labels. Um, oh. and there was, a, there was actually a guy, geez, five, between five, 10 years ago who started selling, like you could text him and he would deliver one bottle of Coke, caffeinated Coke, regular Coke or uh-huh. regular diet Coke to you, or like a case or whatever yeah. or a slight, you know, charge. Yeah. And, uh, apparently he was making bank. I'm sure, yeah. Because Diet Coke is like a weird, huge thing in Mormon culture where some people totally like avoid caffeinated pops altogether. But a Mm -hmm. bunch of people drink lots of, for whatever reason, Diet Coke, I found. My dad was super into Diet Coke. Uh, A Mormon friend of mine, when I stayed with her in Scotland, seemed to drink like two or three of them a day. Like, I've seen it all over the world. Mormons love their Diet Coke, but I guess a lot of people do. Yeah, I guess it's like, 
the the it's pretty addicting or something like the 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 sugar replacement that they put in it or something is food is very addictive we all and you know yeah. have to have some food every day that's that's mm-hmm. isn't that the most addictive thing we need yeah. air we need food we need mood altering substances yeah like carbs and uh protein and all that stuff does alter your mood it makes it usually makes it better but yeah it's they're all mood altering substances okay are you are you waiting for your pour over i thought this was the show are we this not- is the show this is the show i just knew i just wanted to like <laughs> this is the show so this episode i think i'm gonna call hot drinks <laughs> But One not, of my favorite uh, podcasts yeah. is called Hot Drinks. Which yeah. Hot drinks are not for the belly. That's the quote from Mormon scripture. Okay. Tell me about the quotes. Because I, so as a person who is like, just been on the periphery, um, I saw some of our mutual friends drink herbal tea, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um. So I got it in my head that it was like, Mormons are not allowed mood altering substances like caffeine and alcohol. And it made sense to me. Okay. I don't remember when I like realized that it wasn't about caffeine. Probably you told me because I thought it was about caffeine. I thought the Mormon rule was about Most people, a lot of Mormons think it's about caffeine. As I mentioned in that story earlier, I logicked that guy and he was very mad about it. Like, yeah. Well, so what does it actually say? What was the actual rules? So um, you can find it in the Mormon book of scripture called the Doctrine and Covenants, which is essentially like Joseph Smith's revelations, alleged revelations from God. Um, And I'm trying to think, I've been so removed from Mormonism. It's section 88 or 89, I'm pretty sure. How dare you get that wrong? (laughs) Watch it be like 24 or something. But um, yeah, it's just like a a list of rules that are supposed to help you health-wise. And yeah, most people pay attention to the like alcohol, tobacco, coffee, tea. Funny thing is, if you actually read through it with the non-Mormon goggles on as I did. It says like barley drinks are okay. It it actually says like beer is fine, but like not like liquor essentially. Vodka, yeah. So it's whatever, like, yeah, well, like whiskey, more like I'm assuming in like frontier America. Right, like right. it's like don't do the whiskey. No, but even that, shine. <laughs> even that was more moderation. Like Joseph Smith was drinking wine the night he was killed. So like the interpretation has changed over the years too. Right. It's not the same now as it would have been i heard you know there were active card carrying members of the mormon church even like in the 40s and 50s who would drink coffee every morning because hot drinks was the definition that's the other thing too originally if you read the history it was about temperature like the health guide of the time was some people would drink their coffee like immediately while it's still practically boiling you know, scald themselves. themselves. Uh, There's, I don't know how accurate it is, but like people talk about some cancers can be caused partly, or at least your odds are increased if you're drinking drinks that are too hot. I imagine that's just like damaging your system. I don't know. I'm not Mm -hmm. a doctor, Mm -hmm. but originally what I'm getting at is it was originally interpreted as literally hot temperature wise drinks Mm -hmm. and leaderships of the church more, you know, 60, 70, 80 years later started going, 
well, we should really be like specific on this. Let's just say it's coffee and tea. You know, hot chocolate's fine. Herbal yeah. tea's fine. Some okay. Mormons will even drink green tea, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. But uh, there's a lot of other rules that the Mormons don't really like to talk about as a whole. Like you're not supposed to eat very much meat uh, ah. or out of season foods. Like it's very like. Yeah, it's kind of like that. that Organic hippie, but mm-hmm. like general Mormon culture in middle America doesn't talk about that you shouldn't eat too much. I've never eaten more meat than when I go to like Mormon gatherings. Right. They're like barbecues, roast yeah. beef, four types of meat at, you know, an after church luncheon or whatever. Like mm-hmm. they just, they don't pay attention to that one. That's so interesting. Cause like, I mean, and I always think about, tell me if I'm wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure like it, the one part, one part of the Bible that says, you know, don't be gay is the same part that says like don't have mixed fabrics like is there even a don't be gay part of the bible like it was there's like, something about like, man lying with man yeah so that, I, I, it probably I, is leviticus i think it's so in there that you go. one yeah i think it's Here. like it's like amongst a list of lots of things that i apologize i mean if that's this is like wrong but yeah like amongst the entire list of book lots of leviticus of yeah entire, it's a li- list a list of like don't do this do this you know and most people don't follow them because they're not devout right and and Uh, then there's jewish folks these days if you're christian you're not a devout jewish person you don't follow the old testament in the same right right so yeah right that makes sense so that kind of just reminds me of of that because i know like there's that guy who did that year of living biblically um, and then there's a Mormon woman who did the year of polygamy, if you ever want to look into that. Oh, I do. <laughs> I don't so know how she did it. I don't think she was actually polygamous, but it was about like following a lot of the old Mormon mm-hmm. sort of rules from the early days. Yeah, I think that the guy who did year of living biblically was Jewish. So he I think I read one of his other books, but I don't think I actually read that one. Yeah, I read that one and and I was I think that one of that that book is one of the like things that made me so fascinated with the Bible because I was like, wait, what? That stuff's in there? Like, you're not allowed to like touch women who might be on their periods. Like, <laughs> that's so wild. Um, but like, obviously, the Book of Mormon was written more recently. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're a believer. Oh, not not as recently. Right. They believe it was you know 600 BC to 400 AD. Oh, but... right, and then it was like buried in the ground or something. Mm? Sort of, yeah, yeah. Delivered by an angel, buried okay. in the ground. A little bit of both. A little okay. bit of both. Okay, so so okay. According to us, the Book of Mormon was written a bit more recently than the Old Testament, but there's still a lot of rules. And they kind of make sense if you think about the time period, like, and the, the medical knowledge we had at the time. Like, did we know about, okay, I don't know. Did we know about the pluses and minuses of caffeine and what things had caffeine and what didn't? Because chocolate has caffeine in it, is what I was going to say. With hot chocolate, chocolate has caffeine. Sorry, I'm moving around making this cup of evil devil's broth. <laughs> coffee um yeah. yeah originally it wasn't even coffee and tea so like that's the weird thing people claim that like it's ahead of its time and what have you for you know talking about tobacco I guess mm-hmm. is something to be avoided 
So, but I don't know if it was really like unknown then that like tobacco right. was terrible for you. I'd have to do a little more hunting, but yeah, it wasn't the same anyway. So, right. You know, it, it was sort of temperance era yeah. advice. It didn't seem that the further I got from Mormonism, that different than what general Christianity taught, but just maybe in a little bit more extreme levels. Mm-hmm. And again, the definition of what the scriptures meant changed over mm-hmm. the 175, almost 200 years of Mormons being a thing. Like mm-hmm. now, if you drink coffee, you can't carry your temple recommend, which is your official card as a member of the Mormon church. And if you can't carry your temple card, you can't go to heaven. You can't go to your kid's marriage. If they get married in a temple, you can't do all sorts of things. So, so yeah. it's, they've really chosen coffee as like a big. <sighs> That's like, sort of the minimum thing that like, I'd say is like the least if you're doing it. But I mean, if you're having sex at a wedlock, you also can't get your card. And you yeah. know, depending on who you're talking to, that can mean very little or not much. Like uh, there's all sorts of rules like that, that can keep you from being a full-fledged member. But coffee to me seems the minimal like yeah. most petty thing that they would keep you out of your child's marriage. That's the one example. Cause oh, I've heard those if, stories. Oh, really? Breaks right. my heart. Well, it, what if you're not Mormon and your kids are like my oh. grandmother couldn't, my grandmother couldn't go to like a bunch of her kids' marriages uh, because they all joined the Mormon church. Oh. And two, two of them got married in the temple out of the four. So she couldn't be at their weddings. Oh, right. Oh, wow. That's so intense. It's intense because it's like, you can't come into this thing. Also, that means you're not going to be in heaven with these people. <laughs> like it's, you know, that's well, a bigger thing when you think about it. <laughs> sad heaven. Yeah. That's a term that goes around sort of in post-Mormonism where like some of the talks given by leaders of the church, you know, really paint a picture of a sad heaven if you're not the perfect Mormon family mm. that follows all the rules and everyone within the family follows all the rules because you know, one of your kids might screw it up or your dad all of a sudden loses his faith and he's ruined our family. We can't be together. But there are, there's weird exceptions that make it sort of okay in the eyes of followers. So like the different levels in heaven, if you make it to the top, you can still visit people in the lower levels of heaven. They just can't come visit you at your house. Okay. Okay. We, again, we're like, there's so many, like you do a whole episode on, you could do Just, a whole year worth of episodes on Mormon heaven and yeah, that stuff. Totally. But coffee will keep you out of Mormon heaven. As okay. I, Just don't mind me as I sip my uh, coffee here. Ooh, yeah. So coffee and tea. And that's so interesting because a lot of people see tea specifically as like this very healing substance. It's like involved in a lot of other kind of spiritualities. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a bit strange to have that substance that is seen as healing to so many people as like evil. But I guess tea is not the main target. But yeah, if you drink black tea, are you also not allowed in yep. heaven? Black tea. I mean, green tea is one I definitely remember drinking with. I didn't think you were allowed to. And then I remember going to dinner with this guy who had been like a Mormon bishop. Actually, I don't even know if the dude's still alive. But he was a really good guy. Mm. Like of the people I knew, he was one of the ones that like was just a good guy. Helped me buy some clothes and stuff when I was going to Madagascar. 
but was just like a good dude that would like mm-hmm. give life advice and it wasn't like bad life advice mm-hmm. but he he was like oh yeah green tea's fine it's good for you and I remember later as a missionary like where you really get the like rules drilled into you and he was granted in his 70s probably at that time and I was you know a teenager yeah and so like whatever they were telling us I mean he may have been uh, vaguely remembering the era where coffee was still okay so yeah I'm not judging him or his dedication to Mormonism or right. knowledge of Mormonism he may have just like been beyond it and just didn't give an f yeah anymore. a frick right. as ah. Napoleon Dynamite would say famous Mormon Napoleon Dynamite oh yeah Okay. Or flip? What did he? I don't flip. Freaking. Gosh. Eat your freaking dinner. Okay. Tina. I think that like me trying to do a quote because my memory is so shit is just going to be like. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's interesting where you talk about high demand religions and a lot is like, how can I create control whether or not you're viewing it as a full-out charlatan trying to deceive people like i need to make these rules so that they can prove their dedication to me and sacrifice Mm -hmm. something um or it's just viewed as like this is a way to build faith and religious reliance on god and Mm -hmm. um i do think there's a lot you know linked back to that um when it comes to control of substances when it comes to control of sex and sexuality when it comes to uh, all of these sort of base need things, mm-hmm. as soon as your church can control some of those, if not all of those base needs, that's that's a fairly absolute power they can get over you. Um, right. A church or an organization or an individual, you know, depending on who you're talking about. Yeah, that's so true. And I think that, like, I, I've sort of experienced that in a way with, a lot of the it's not actually eastern religions it's like white people pushing eastern vibes on people to uh you know wellness influent mm. influence oh, wellness influencer type people um charging a lot of money for advice uh i definitely was at some point like following the ayurvedic diet um, which has so many different rules. Um, and the Ayurvedic doctor that I went to was like a white guy and his in a massive house. So I, you know, it's, it's tricky to talk about things from other cultures, but like, yeah, just the, the like, okay, I have to follow all these rules. Um, it takes up a lot of brain space. Like it takes a lot of like energy, like just, and just being like, okay, I can't eat this, but I can't eat this at this time. Like, it was like, don't, one thing was don't eat fruits together. You can have fruits separate, but you can't have a fruit salad. I remember that one and being like, well, that sucks because I love fruit salad. <laughs> Interesting. And it, it it's one of those things where it's a way of getting into your everyday life on a regular mm-hmm. basis i think you know another people like talking about the mormon magic underwear right um, some people will claim it as magic powers and they were in a fire and under their mormon garments it was not burned but elsewhere it was and it's Mm-mm. like i mean there's multiple reasons that that could have right. actually happened and been just because layers of protection yeah if yeah in a boat fire it might have been wet you know there's anyway yeah. um but it's something you do every day 
and that you wear with you constantly. And, and Mormons like to relate it to sort of like a Catholic priest or any sort of, you know, religious leader who wears a certain clothing mm-hmm. every, it's a way of like every morning you put it on, it makes you think about it. Um, and right. if you're on the inside, you think that's healthy and good to remind you of good values and whatever, and what you stand for. Mm-hmm. But if you're on the outside looking in, you can also see that as another form of control where it's just a, you know, it takes totally. space in your mind, your food, something you consider constantly takes space in your mind. If you can't drink at work functions or whatever, oh, yeah, it's a little space in your mind. And it's something you say to let people know that you're part of that organ. I mean, part of it too, like if you asked, you know, uh, friends and family of mine, they'd probably say part of it's because we are supposed to be a peculiar people and it gives us opportunities to talk about our religion. Because right. Because say, I don't drink coffee. Say, I yeah. don't drink alcohol. Um, that's probably one of the reasons why you knew I was Mormon. Cause maybe yeah. we hung out and we hung out at coffee shops a lot. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and I'd never drank coffee. Yeah, that's so true. And like, I, I feel like I'm saying that a lot today. Anyways, but it is. It's so um, illuminating because when when you have something like that, not only does it make you think about your faith all the time and it gets people discussing it, but it also separates you from the other people. So I don't know if that's like in a way of like, we're superior or we're just different. People don't understand us. But the more you can separate people and make people think about us and that us versus them sort of. So like, you know, if you're at a party and you're like, I'm I'm the only person here who's not drinking or like I'm the or you're at a coffee shop or whatever and you're the only person not drinking coffee. I mean, yeah, it can feel like you're not participating and you're you would probably feel much more at home amongst other people who do the stuff that you do therefore you might want to hang out with those people more and and you're right I think about the superiority thing where like I probably wouldn't have thought that way on the inside I don't think a lot of Mormons necessarily admit it to themselves but there is a degree I think of yeah I'm the only person here not addicted to this coffee substance you know I will have my extremely sugary hot chocolate some some uh, LDS folks will avoid even uh, drinking like anything at Starbucks or a coffee shop because they want to avoid the appearance of evil because oh. coffee is evil. So they wouldn't even get like a, a cider or a yeah. hot chocolate, one of the non-coffee beverages. Like, I don't feel like my family was ever that way. We actually grew up when I was in elementary school behind one of the first Starbucks in Canada, which was in Lynn Lynn Valley in North Vancouver. Wow. And uh, my dad would occasionally bring home just like steamed milk with like hazelnut flavoring in it. Mm, I actually have been getting lattes with the hazelnut flavoring partly because it just reminds me of an experience, that experience with my dad who's been gone for almost 20 years. And it's interesting how those flavors can bring that back. Yes. And they are, they are better with a little bit of coffee mixed in too. I'll be honest. They are, you know, some Mormons wouldn't have liked him doing that because you're supporting this coffee company and you're carrying the cup. So people might think you drink coffee. Wow. Yeah. And so the coffee thing, I mean, I even, so there's also like, and in, in my 
search for spirituality. I gave up caffeine many times and it's not 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 really spirituality but like wellness, my search for wellness. I gave up caffeine a lot and that and I did feel I like yeah, again, wouldn't be like feeling like oh, I'm so much better than people, but I especially cuz I worked at coffee shops, people would come in and be like I can't talk until you give me this coffee like like I nothing makes sense. And most of the time they're probably just joking, but like in my head I'm like I'm a drug dealer. This is a drug. Like, you know, I don't mm-hmm. drink this. Um, you know, but but everybody who does seems to rely on it so much. This person came has come in here three times already today, you know, and like I totally had that mindset where I was like, well, I'm not addicted like you are. Um, and that's good for me. Um, when really now I I drink coffee sometimes if I feel like my stomach can handle it. And I certainly don't think about how some people are addicted or how it's destroying people's mental health or physical health or whatever. But when you get into that mindset, it's just it, there's lots of confirmation bias because people make jokes about it, too, where they're like, I, I would be dead without my coffee. Wow. I'm like, I'm so addicted. Like people make that talk about stuff like that, where it's like, it's not true. They could totally do do a day without coffee. And also, it is true that it's addictive. Like you it you do. It helps you wake up. But like. Like we said before, like, you know carbs help you run you know faster or whatever like we we need different things to help us in different situations and once I started touring with reach out psychosis and we woke up at like five in the morning Mm -hmm. that's I was like oh I need coffee like I need this because I can't I won't be awake and be able to do my performance um and like I think that it's a totally valid form of like surviving is like oh i'm gonna get an energy boost from this thing um that is available everywhere and it's tastes good like there's nothing really wrong with it here's a wild thing like part of uh being a practicing mormon especially if you don't live in like utah and stuff yeah is the the morning classes when you're in high school you're supposed to go to the chapel at like 6 30 a.m <gasps> for a scripture study class and uh, I used to go, but I was always, I've never been good with more, rarely in my life have I been good with mornings, but right. I made such an effort to do that. And, you know, that's another whole episode you could talk about, but I remember being Sleep frustrated. deprivation. There was actually credit and graduation after four years in this program, wow. but like I was late enough that they, it was all attendance based. I didn't get credit where there were people who showed up on time because their parents forced them, like drove them there yeah. and they'd sleep through the classes. They got their degree or diplomas and I who would get myself out of bed walk there um before high school and maybe I'd be 10-15 minutes late enough days that I didn't get credit but I'd participate the whole way even though I was exhausted as hell yeah Um, didn't didn't get my piece of paper in the end which was one of my things where I was like something is wrong I mean this isn't like doctrinal but the organization like the fact that this happens is like for a, a group that talks about justice a hell of a lot. Yeah. This, it's these little things. It's like, who's concerned with justice when it comes to actual operations of 
<laughs> anyway, yeah. but what I was getting to with that, though, is we weren't allowed coffee or anything caffeinated mm-hmm. uh, as far as, like, morning beverages. I wasn't guzzling a Coca-Cola at 6 in the morning mm-hmm. or whatever when I got up. Um, I always struggled through high school mm-hmm. with mornings, through college with mornings, working early mornings all through my 20s. I didn't start drinking coffee till probably about 31. Yeah. And it has made a world of difference. I mean, I still have some tough mornings. Yeah. But it, it has also helped my sleep, I think, as someone who didn't yeah. drink coffee. Because it regulates me. I know, like, okay, I get a boost in the morning. I sometimes have another one or two through the work day. And then I usually don't drink one this late at night unless I'm doing it for a podcast where we're talking about coffees and I'm just going <laughs> to be a rebel. But um, – <laughs> It regulated my sleep where my body was like, okay, this is time to get up. And then around 10 or 11 every night, I feel pretty good and been going to sleep lately, you know, really well. But like for me, coffee was a game changer. When I go to work now, I feel really good most mornings. Yeah. Like for some people, it it does make them feel bad. For me, it hurts my stomach at the time. At the time, like when I was working in all those coffee shops, I think I would – do all or nothing where I was like drinking many espresso shots because I had to taste the crema and make sure it was the right, right. thing. And so, yeah, I felt that's like probably not great. For that's, you. Yeah. I felt like I was on drugs when I was like, I was like, Oh my God. Like I remember going to Zane, Zane on the, on another episode and being yep. like, Zane, like my hand is weird. I'm Hands are weird. Yeah. I vibrate. Yeah. Like what's happening. Um, and so yeah, there's definitely a line that could be crossed. I Same don't usually get there. Too, though. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And like, obviously, with alcohol, that's a whole other thing. But before we move on to alcohol, I want to ask you about your first, your experience with drinking coffee. Like, first coffee, deciding, um, screw it. I mean, yeah, there's a couple funny things with that. I started drinking tea before coffee. Oh. Uh, I think tea felt more natural like I had been drinking herbal tea but I do remember I started by going to a David's tea back when David's used to have physical locations where it was like an experience you could smell the tea you could sample some tea the people working there were always very sweet and kind yeah but the first time I went into a David's I felt like I was going into like a dispensary or something Uh the first time and like was like I hope nobody sees me or what like I I honestly was like my heart was probably beating um, wow. and they sent me back with some like pumpkin spice chai or whatever uh, flavored tea. And, and it was really good. It yeah. was fantastic. Um, so I started with that and mm. it was like a year late. Like I had like alcohol before I had coffee. Coffee felt like this, like, Oh, I'm probably not even going to like it. So when I started, it was definitely like uh, Starbucks or cafe style, like super sweet, Mm-hmm. With, you know, oat milk and whatever mixed in. So you're not mm-hmm. really even tasting the coffee. And now I'm at the point where I did mix some oat milk in with my gl- cup tonight. I do that sometimes, but uh, I drink straight black coffee, straight espresso more than anything, probably. Yeah. It tastes really good. And like if you just have a little bit throughout the day, it's just, it's actually kind of relaxing, I find. It gives you energy. Picks you up, but it calms you down, as yeah. Jerry Seinfeld used to say on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you don't what? overdo it, it's actually kind of a relaxing beverage. It can be a ritual as well if you yeah. make it yourself. 
Yeah. Or if you or if you go get it, you know, go to a nice place that you like, get the coffee. I yeah, and I know a lot of as as someone who's worked in so many coffee shops, I know I remember a lot of people come in and like really like be like, "Hey," and you know, you got there were so many regulars, you'd always see the same people and you do kind of get to like know some of the people. Like I remember I had some people like come to my shows and they were just regulars at the coffee shops that I worked at. And that was really cool. So it is, there's lots of good things about it. Um, And tea, I also, so I also worked at Davis Tea as Paul knows, but just in case anyone else doesn't know. So (laughs) I don't think I ever visited you when you worked at a Davis Tea, but we've talked about, we both have, uh, you know, history with David's tea, just yeah. even as consumers. Right. Because yeah, I had, I remember when I've started really liking tea Um, was, yeah, kind of in, in high school when it was like, I was really into, I was having the Beatles mania <laughs> at 16, <laughs> like any 16 year old, of course. Like any 16 year old in 2008 or whatever <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like 2005. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways. I think so. a lot of 16-year-olds have gone through Beatles mania since the 60s. Like, my mom went through Beatles mania. It's, they're really cute and, like, really, they're really good. And sometimes you're in this world where, like, the stuff, the other stuff is really intense. And you're just like, I would like this safe, happy sound. Um, yeah, I yeah, like... And and then of course the Beatles get kind of weird and experimental so quickly. By the way, like they did, were not a band for very long. But um, anyways, I was really into UK stuff, so I started drinking tea. And then my dad said, "I found this store and it sells dresses and tea." And I was like, "What?" It was actually this is the most Canadian thing. It was a Le Chateau and David's tea together because David's uh, uncle is the guy who owns Le Chateau. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, like, right? If you start a business like that that's that successful that soon, you probably come from money. So. Yes. Yes. And now the guy who owns Davis Tea is that guy, who that, that super old man who started Le Chateau. Anyways, very Canadian stuff. But anyways, yeah, it's getting, come, getting into that David's Tea and being like, I remember, I remember the person who served me and I... I she was there when I did an interview um for the uh company and then she also worked at Tantra Fitness. Like she's like she's come into my life so many times and now I think she works at JJ Bean. Her name is Steph and she has a rain she has like rainbow hair and so many tattoos so she's very like recognizable. Um and yeah, An institution. When I, yeah, and she was there and she she was, and I was like, this is so cool. I'm so cool. And I like went around for a walk after anyways, memories of tea. <laughs> but yeah, I, that's so interesting. I remember, I remember actually feeling a little bit like, okay, well, Paul doesn't drink caffeine and I don't drink caffeine either. And like, I don't know. I felt like a little bit of a kinship there, even though I don't I don't know if you probably didn't even notice that, but I thought about that. <laughs> I I mean, I probably wasn't a po- I probably thought, "Oh, this is good. It's just good for her health because I just believed that this was a health code that I was supposed to follow." Yeah. 
of course it was the best way to live because God gave us this information. Yeah. And, and another thing, so coffee, well, okay, but do you remember the first time you, you had coffee? Oh, no, because it was at like a Starbucks or something. It was like slow latte vibes. I feel like someone might have made me like, maybe it would have been like, you know, my best friend from yeah. the first day of high school, Kyle was a yeah. manager at Starbucks for years. Right. Yeah. Um, he might've made me my first coffee, but honestly it wasn't, I guess it wasn't, uh, as impactful a memory as, as the tea, but yeah, it's funny though. Like, cause yeah, for me, the first hot drink I had would have been that like probably pumpkin chai mm -hmm. from David's, which is still one when I taste it now from time to time, I think they still put it out every year. I don't mm -hmm. always get it, but when I do, there's like a weird something yeah. in my brain that triggers back to like these all these mixed feelings and um wow yeah it, it definitely that flavor in particular is one for me that sticks with me more the flavor than the yeah you know, it reminds me of sort of like it was autumn like like the season the feeling like it was yeah. right for tea so like there is a weird little trigger anytime I have that tea I have that with peach ginger tea. I can't drink it because... We talked about that, yeah. Yeah, we used to drink it all the time with the O-Wells and the, with the band. And, like, I just can't drink it anymore. It makes me sad. It makes me feel like a sad 20-year-old or 19-year-old or whatever. I'm a just couple like, times I've been at your it. house... I've you've you've served it to me because you're trying to get rid of it. You yeah, trying to get covered. rid of it. Now Greg is starting to drink tea, so I can pawn it off on him. People nice. give me lots of herbal tea because they think I don't drink caffeine because for so long I didn't, um, but I totally do now, and I really prefer black tea. So I, I think give it out to people. Yeah, I got you some like Buddha's blend from David's for Christmas, and I was so worried that you wouldn't drink caffeinated tea yeah. even like last year yeah, I right? was like is she drinking caffeine these days I'm pretty sure I've seen her drink caffeine lately yeah no I mean and Buddhist blend has a very low caffeine yeah thing so yeah. yeah but I yes I definitely do drink caffeine now um and just kind of like I don't know monitor try to try not to drink yeah. too much but I I honestly tea hasn't bothered me at all. It's mostly just coffee. And I think it's the acidity of coffee. You know, I think it's like specifically coffee because I can drink matcha and that's super caffeinated. It's uh, funny, and, yeah. like tea, tea, if I am drinking it on an empty stomach in the morning, gives me a stomach ache. Mm -hmm. I can have black coffee on an empty stomach. It doesn't do anything to me. Like it's so interesting how everybody sort of has different yes. things that set them off uh, in the mornings, especially if you have any sort of eating sensitivities mm -hmm. are just kind of I don't know my stomach bugs me in the morning sometimes but black tea eh, questionable yeah. coffee I rarely have any issues with so it's yeah. weird my big thing is bubble tea right now and I have I make my own now I have bubbles at my house that I make um and I just love bubble tea so much so uh but I used to like go out of my way to drink decaf stuff but then I liked London fogs too much and I just couldn't do it. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and it turns out it's not, it's not, uh, a, as big of a deal as I thought it, thought it was. Um, yeah, there was a lot put into going caffeine free as a way of like fixing your anxiety. And I have to say it's done it's no, 
nothing doesn't didn't do it did not fix my anxiety at all <laughs> I, when I was having my own like anxiety issues and I had heart palpitations that my doctor did a bunch of tests on this is a couple of years ago and then in the end he was like you're just having some anxiety issues mm-hmm. I tried I was like should I not be drinking coffee because my heart's you know doing mm-hmm. this and like I feel jittery as is sometimes and he was like yeah, what are you drinking? A cup or two a day? That's not going to make any difference. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, I switched to decaf anyway, despite his advice. But in the end, I was like, that might have made things worse because I was like, yeah, withdrawal. cold, yeah, cold, cutting off. You know, I, I'm not a someone who drinks a ton of coffee generally. I might have two or three cups on a like mm-hmm. extreme day. And some people told me, you know, like, oh, if you're drinking like eight cups of coffee, that's where you're getting into like a danger zone, I guess. Yeah. Theoretically. So um, for me, yeah, like black tea is fine. It's fine. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Anyway, I've gone back and I haven't had any issues. I haven't had, you know, I worked through my anxiety and other means and uh, Mm -hmm. caffeine didn't seem to make a difference and bringing it back didn't bring back the heart palpitations or no. anything. So. Like obviously if it does for you, then that's yes. cool. But yeah. that, the problem that's the problem with all this wellness stuff. And honestly, the problem with uh, Joseph Smith writing that thing down and, and telling people not to drink hot drinks is just like, well, it might not work for you, Joseph. <laughs> you might, you might burn your mouth all the time. But other people love it and it makes them happy. And it's the reason why they get up in the morning. I don't know. So, yeah. Well, and if you're going to be telling people, you better have some evidence and not just God told me, in my opinion. Yeah. But that's where I'm at in my life right now, where if somebody tells you God told them to tell you you're supposed to do something, even that should come with some evidence. Like, yes. I don't, I, if, if there is a God out there, I have trouble believing they would want us to follow these things purely Mm -hmm. based on the words of someone else because we felt fuzzy when they were nice to us or said something to Mm -hmm. us, you know, like, yes. Yeah. Show me, show me the evidence. And also really, really, I always just like to like make it super clear with everyone that like all substances react differently with different brain chemistry, which is why it's so hard to find the right medication for people because it doesn't work the same way on everybody. Um, So like, yeah, if you can drink alcohol, that's cool. If you can't, that's cool. All that stuff. Okay. Thank you for listening to this episode. Um, And... Uh, the rest of the conversation is going to be released next week. <laughs> Kitty. Um, and yeah, the, the, the rest of the ep- episode is mostly going to be, the rest of the conversation is mostly about alcohol. So I kind of thought it would be good to split this into two because we also talk for just so long. So um, yeah, follow me on at sarah.jickling on Instagram and at getwellsoonerpod. Um, subscribe to the podcast to make sure that you get a notification when a new episode is released. Tell a friend, tell a enemy. I don't know. Okay. I will talk to you later. Bye. Now I am a
Cautionary tale. I need to be under supervision. I can.